0: Today, our program is with A. True Ott. He
1: received his degree in the field of nutrition. He has been counseling and lecturing on prime nutrition for over 15 years and co founded Mother Earth Minerals in 1997. Ott is the author and publisher of dozens of articles and three books on nutrition. From 1996 to 2001, True co produced the radio program The Story Behind the Story at KSUB Radio in Cedar City, Utah, and was awarded the Peabody Award for Radio Documentary. In the first hour, we'll discuss his background as a Mormon and his time on Wall Street, where he learned the truth about money and not shares parallels between Mormons, Jews, or Kazarians, and Freemasonry. He'll also talk about the political movement, Zionism, and the goal of world domination. We'll also discuss Red Symphony, the document, and the Frankfurt School. All right, welcome to the program, at Truat. I'm excited to have you with us. Uh, first of all, thank you for coming on. We appreciate
0: it. Thank you, Heinrich. It's totally my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
1: You bet. This is going to be really interesting. We have so many different things we want to uh, talk about, get into so many important topics, of course. But in the beginning here, I thought we could just uh, talk a little bit about yourself, your, your background, uh, kind of where you're coming from, I guess, and when you got involved in some of the topics that we're going to uh, discuss here today.
0: Well, nobody wakes up in the morning and says, I'm going to... Uh, to talk or to be a, an expert or, or research a certain topic, you just kind of uh, fall into it. That's what happened to me, uh, Heinrich. Indeed, I, I grew up uh, a, a Latter Day Saint Mormon, uh, very much so, very very active, a fifth generation Mormon. I got to say that uh, here in Utah. Uh, I actually grew up in Nevada, the state of Nevada in in America, and I, I grew up in every way a, a Mormon boy, right, uh, trained and and mind-controlled, programmed, if you will, to not question authority. I mean, that's really one of the, the hallmarks of Mormonism. They're just really trained not to question uh, the people in authority. And, and I grew up in that culture, I grew up in that uh, mindset, and like, it was just a, a, a huge, huge uh, withdrawal. Uh, getting out of that mind-controlled... I call it i call it a cult today. It's a mind-controlled cult, mm-hmm. a mind-bending cult. And i got to tell you, it just didn't happen overnight. It took a series of events. But the bottom line is, you got to either stand for truth, honor, and take, I mean, If you uncover a huge lie, I, I, I submit you just can't continue to be a part of that. I, I completely... Uh, got a clear picture, 100% clear picture, of the fraud, the the hoax, the lie that is Mormonism, and so I extracted myself. It was not pleasant. It was not easy to do so, but I did. <clears throat> and uh,
1: I, what happened, if you don't mind me asking, how did you how do you stumble upon the lie or the truth rather?
0: Well, here it, it really goes back into my. Financial background. I I graduated uh, from the University of Southern Utah in the field of accounting. I had a bachelor of arts, actually, a B.A. in accounting, and I had a I call it a gift. Some people call it a gift. I think sometimes it's a curse. My mind is different. My brain is different than a lot of people. Uh, I have um, a, an ability to to do numbers, mathematics. To, I, I excelled in in statistics. Uh, so I was able to uh, see equations that a lot of people couldn't see. Or I was getting A plus, you know, straight A's in statistical courses. Others would, you know, really stumble and hate statistics. And so, to make a long story short, I went in after I graduated. Went in, went to work for a general authority of the LDS Church and his his company, Intermountain Financial Group. The gentleman was Hugh W. Pinnock who I had met uh, personally while I was uh, on my LDS church mission at 19 years old. He, <clears throat> he was attracted to, to my skill set, asked me to contact him when I got back uh, and graduated from the university, which I did, and he employed me. And as an in of a, a financial group, I became a stockbroker, a financial planner, if you will. I was fully licensed with the SEC to do not only stocks and bonds, but all commodities and derivatives, etc., etc. Arbitrage, all of that was part of the game. And Mormonism is, is when, all, when it's all said and done, it's really a for-profit mega corporation. Now, I understand that because I, I took an aptitude course and I scored in the 99th percentile, whatever that means. One one percent uh, of the people taking the test had had financial aptitude, and so they awarded me a six-week scholarship to Wall Street, to New York City. And basically, they, we were—I was there with about twenty-four, twenty-five other one percenters, right? Mm-hmm. And we were basically given the key to the city for six weeks. We were put up in the Penthouse suites of the Marquis Married Hotel overlooking Broadway. We went uh, behind the scenes of, of the stock exchange, the NYSE. We actually got to ring the bell, which is kind of cool, opening the session. We did all this. And we went behind the scenes in the World Trade Center. This back when the Twin Towers were still standing. I learned all the intricacies of really how the Federal Reserve works. Okay. Really, we did. We had uh, no money. We actually sat at the feet of Federal Reserve Chairman Paul Volcker and had a, a 45-minute question-and-answer session with him. Uh, another another gentleman was John Volcker, the uh, top executive of Citibank, who just thought out told us the realities of what the money system was. And I'm sitting here as a young Naive Mormon lad, not really understanding that all around me were 23 other Jews. They were Jews. I don't to just say what it is. Sure. And uh, they used language and terminology that I, frankly, was not familiar with since I'm not part of their synagogue. Uh, terms like goy and goyim and, and other such terms. But I got to tell you, it uh, was stunning because I left at six weeks with uh, with, with, sh- with the shocking sense of you know things are not what they seem to be completely and totally. Volcker said that there was just a matter of time before the United States dollar would would be pulled. There would be no more dollars per se. There would be just be electronic currencies. And he didn't know when that day would be, so it may not even be in my lifetime, but make no mistake, it will happen, he explained.
1: So you're, you're saying, obviously, that the people who are invited into uh, the club early on are taught the full story. These uh, younglings, if you will, actually uh, get told that the the full score about the, the lie of the money system. Is it, isn't that kind of risky, though, considering, well, you're one who's speaking out about it now, of course, but... I'm surprised they would do that. Uh, Well,
0: they do that, but they understand, you have to understand they are, they refer to themselves as the chosen ones. Now, the Mormon church are also an appendage of the chosen ones. That's what led me out of the church. You see, I I said, wait a minute, chosen ones of who? Mm -hmm. You see, uh, and that's, this is all a smoke and mirrors hoax, and it's a grand design Heinrich, and this sounds really Far-fetched because of the programming involved in, in people's minds, but this is a group, a cabal, that have no less of a grand desire than to control and rule the world. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm sorry to to see that happening. You have to sacrifice something on their altar, and that something is freedom of expression, freedom of individualism, freedom of the human. Uh, being to find him or herself, period, regardless of your race, your creed, your nationality. Something has to be sacrificed, and that is what is to be sacrificed, individualism, freedom. I had to make a choice, you see.
1: And um, by the way, do you recall uh, anyone else who was with you at the time? Do you recall any other folks who today might be, be more known, if I put it that way?
0: I do not. I do not. I. This was this was back in the 80s, uh, the early 80s, and I didn't keep notes of my the people who were there with me. But I I, I, I know some of the you know the, the main firm they were affiliated with, of course, was Goldman Sachs. We we went into Goldman Sachs there in Brooklyn and and had a lot of our training there in Goldman Sachs, and they were associates of Goldman's.
1: Yeah, well, no no big surprise there. And, and if we, for a moment, talk about, um, you know, Mormonism, the uh, LDS Church, uh, Romney almost got in. I, I've heard from some, uh, uh, you know, people who critique Mormonism that it's referred to as a kind of a pseudo-Masonic cult, almost like you said as well. But would you say that that's, that that's true, that there's a lot of Masonic um, things lent into Mormonism?
0: Well, yeah, that's part of my whole study. And, you know, before I... Before I made the, the conscience decision to exit Mormonism, I had to make sure I was right. I, I like what Abraham Lincoln said. Make sure you're right, then press forward. You've got to make sure you're right first. You know, this is a life-changing decision, and it's not an easy one. So, I, I mean, I, it was five, six years of constant research and study. What I uncovered is simply the truth to me, to my soul, to my heart, which is all that matters to me personally, right? Yeah. I had to, I, I found and uncovered that really Mormonism from its very inception is an appendage of what is best called Zionism. Zionism is a political movement. It's not a religion. It's a political movement by certain Ashkenazim Jews who are masquerading as God's chosen people.
1: Now say. I-, I know what you're what you're referring to when you say that, but explain that for some of our listeners that might not be familiar with Ash- Ashkenazim. Is.
0: Well, Ashkenazim is a is a term. It's uh, it's 85 percent of modern Juda Judaism is composed of these Ashkenazim, as opposed to the Sephardim. Sephardim are basically the the Semites, the true Semites. Of Middle Eastern descent. The Ashkenazim are European Khazar tribe members that converted en masse to the religion of Judaism, not the bloodline now. They converted to the religion of Judaism in roughly the uh, 7th century, about 638 um, AD. They did it for political expediency, not for religion. The king, King Lutar made it a commandment, basically, uh, uh, the kingdom of Caesarea, all, all subjects had to become converted to Judaism. Now, that's the, the, the deep, dark secret that they hate to get out there. I thought, boy, when you start talking about that, holy cow, you really get their, their they get upset at you for that. But it's the truth. It's not being anti-Semitical, it's not being hateful, it's just declaring the truth. Even, even some of the, the own the Jewish rabbis and scholars absolutely admit that if that's the truth. It's in the, it's in the Judaic Encyclopedia. They're, it's in their own writings. They just don't want the goy, the Christians, to understand that. Do
1: you think that there's an internal struggle uh, within the community, then, of, of those who are of Sephardic descent and those who are Ashkenazim or, or
0: Khazarians? well, absolutely. If you study and look what's really going on in the state of Israel, the nation-state of Israel, the Sephardim are are hated. They're 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 ridiculed. They're denigrated. They're definitely third-class citizens there uh, because of again they they call them. Uh, it's a racist almost uh, mentality to the Sephardic bloodline, which includes I'm going to tell you uh, people of color. I mean, a lot of uh, of Negroes are claim their and show their Sephardim Hebrew de- descent, and so yeah, it's it's definitely racist, uh, powerfully
1: so. Well, I, I remember hearing about the Beta Israelites, the Ethiopian Jews, for
0: many years, and the, how how deeply suppressed they were. Absolutely. Many of them are wiped out. I mean, it's talk about genocide. See, And this is, a, again, a global hoax, oh, again, for the, for the desire of world domination. The ancestry of the Khazars, by the way, if you follow their anthropology, you see they come from the Hittite nation, which uh, intermarried with the descendants of Esau, the biblical Esau which sold his birthright for a mess of pottage, and then went on to make an eternal covenant, not with the God of the universe, you know, the, the, the true God, but the prince of this world, which is Lucifer, which is Satan. So, I mean, it's very, very much as a spiritual conquest going on here, too.
1: We did an interesting program here a few days ago about uh, usury and, and talking a little bit about how this was originally... Uh, seen upon as a sin from the, uh, uh, the Roman Catholic Church at the time, and then uh, later this was something that was changed through the ecumenical councils. It was brought in through partially the, the Medici family and the Fugars and everything else. And when you were talking about the, the conversion here, if you will, uh, of the, the Caesarians over to, uh, to Judaism, uh, do you think that it has anything to do with the, the, the laws of the money structure at that point, that there was a, a beneficial
0: aspect to um, favor usury? Well, yeah, that's a really interesting point, uh, Heinrich. Thanks for bringing that up. In fact, if you really, really dig deeply, you find the Hittites, the the nation of Edom. What I call Edomites, which is really their best description. Versus Israelites, there were Israelites versus the Edomites. The Edomites were centered in a region of the Middle East called the Red Rocks of Petra. Petra was the 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 Treasury of Petra. This is a the city carved out of the red rocks. It's beautiful. A, it's a beautiful spot in yeah. modern day Jordan, right? But you look at look at the Treasury of Petra, which was the lending center of treasures with usury. This is a usury capital of the ancient world. They, they, they lend to to all kinds of despots and conquerors so they can raise armies. Well Petra's Treasury, the the pillars, the front facade, the the Delta triangle, the top is exactly the mirror image of the United States Treasury building. It's identical. Yeah. Okay. It's not by just coincidence. These are these are the people that want uh, they, they, they use usury as a form of bondage and, and it's you know the God of the old testament and Jesus Christ, the God of the new Absolutely, says usury is a crime. It's a mortal sin. In fact, in 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 the law of Moses, it was a capital crime. You were you were strung up, uh, drawn and quartered for 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 usury. Then it's, it's very much a capital crime. Now, why why is that? You see, because if you have uh, x number of gold, if you control the gold and precious metals, which this tribe basically does. It's very simple to, in economic terms. If you control the gold, there's not any more gold to pay back the interest. You see, so you become a, a down, in, indebted, enslaved to a downward spiral. You see, mm-hmm. you become you become a virtual slave to to indebtedness, and see that's that's the Western problem big-time problem whether you know whether you're going under a euro or you're part of the greek islands or part of america the united states dollar is really a federal reserve note payable based on usury see that's the problem that's that's the huge 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 hoax going on right now
1: there's a interesting document uh, I uh, guess we might as well go there all, already right away because it, it fits in. The uh, the Red Symphony, uh, we have this interesting story of uh, Christian G. Rakovsky, uh, uh, one of the founders, if you will, of Soviet uh, Bolshevism, uh, who, who is, is doing and performing an, an, an interview, if you will, and, and there's this document, document, the Red Symphony, you sent it to me, uh, True, and, and I've been going through it. It's, it's very interesting, and in this, of course, uh, there's a detail about a plan, if you will, of how to use also these different uh, factions in, in, in the world, of how they're fighting each other. This, uh, uh, the What should we call it? I think it's actually in the documents, it's actually refer- referred to as a usury capitalism, and also then on top of that, uh, you know, terrorist communism, I think, it is, or something like that, if mm-hmm. I remember that
0: correctly. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. Uh, listeners have got to understand and realize that when you hear the word communism, you've got to really understand it is a, a Jewish invention. I mean, without these atheistic uh, uh, Askanazis, there would not be world communism. It is, you know, Karl Mordecai Marx is a Jewish thinker, who, and the whole concept of communism is, you know, the antithesis of what freedom, what we're talking about here. Now, they use different words and terms, of course, progressive. I like to call them being progressive now, not even so much liberal, but it's still the same thing. It's, it's taking the wealth, really the individuality of, of human beings, taking from the haves who build and giving it to the have-nots. And the people that do that are the ones that profit from it, that, that get rich by it that's the ultimate reality of it now so the red symphony yeah they talk about uh, terrorist communism that's who they are that is who they are and they but they also control the other side of the Hegelian dialectic which is usury capital absolutely they control both of them they're both tools of this elite group this secret society. Call them whatever you want them. to call them. The Illuminati is one. The Frankfurt School is another, perhaps. But they are all really the same head of the beast, okay? And
1: they use these different uh, political ideologies, uh, different tactics, basically, to to get people riled up on their side. And, and as I said, with the dialectical um, force, these two different properties fighting each other, they're uh, they are capable, if you will, to propel society forward towards the world uh, that they want to see. This is how they're shaping, moulding, creating, if you will, uh, the world. Correct.
0: Absolutely. That's the whole thing of the Red Symphony. is called so because it's it's like you know there's there's different individual part. Many times it's compartmentalised. You're reading you're reading a, a script, if you will, a, a line of music, and you're tooting away on your horn or you're playing your violin or your cello whatever you're doing, in that way it's compartmentalized and you really don't care what the other uh, instrument groups are doing. But outside, looking at it, it's a symphony, it's makes, it becomes a whole part of compartmentalized individual in- instruments. And this is what uh, this Rakowski was explaining in this incredible document, you bet. Uh, and they utilize the opposite ends of the pendulum it's, it's called you know dr hegel's the Hegelian dialectic brought this out you control both sides of the pendulum where the pendulum swings back and forth you control both left wing right wing you control both sides of the equation and people never never really see who's really orchestrating both sides this is you mentioned uh, romney mittens romney uh a lot, of, a lot of writers talk about, well, it's, it's like uh, Gordon Gekko in the movie Wall Street versus Saul Alinsky, you know, the, the person of communism. See, it really – but really, if you look deeply, both sides control both candidates, mm-hmm. and it, it doesn't matter who wins. And Saul Alinsky, it's uh, Obama's mentor, of course. That's what you're talking about. Uh-huh. Absolutely. So yeah, there's a sex, there's a sex, section of Judaism that controls the Democrat, and, and of course, are the handlers of Barack Obama. He's just a puppet. He's just a puppet. And ditto with the Zionist extremists on the other side of the right wing group, which are the backers of Benton's Romney. And it's always been that way. Whether it's whether it's Richard Nixon or or Jimmy Carter or bill clinton look behind the curtains and you see the same people manipulating the sides
1: yep you're right and the the conspiracy here as well is uh is 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 vast if you will it's uh, i think it's for some people too big and too uh horrendous if you will for some people to uh to accept it to let the, this into their worldview uh for it for instance it details how uh, you know, Hitler was used as a puppet in this plan to, to propel forward, to, to use all these world conflicts, world wars, etc., to uh, uh, to get it to um, uh, overturn, if you will, certain countries at certain times. And uh, so, one question that might arise out of this is: Well, wait, wait a minute. Why should we, if we look at the Red Symphony document and all that, is like why should we believe it? Why, why should we believe it? Uh, True. Why do we? Uh, should we accept it as being the truth? It's just another story that someone has leaked out, right, to, to, to
0: lie. Okay. The very definition of insanity is simply doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You know, we've been, on, uh, here in America, we've been, well, we've got to get some conservative Republicans uh, that really stand for God, country and and patriotism into Congress, and, and so the Tea Party movement is, is, is born. Uh, things go on, and, and nothing ever changes. Why does it ever, why does it never change? Why is it always static? This, the answer is because nobody is pulling the curtains away and showing the Jews that are responsible for it. These Edomites, these Ashkenazim, I don't even want to call them Jews, because really they're not Jews. They are usurpers of that title.
1: Well, that was one of my questions. Is it, uh, before you mentioned Zionism, is, there, is it a mistake to connect Judaism with, with, with Zionism, do
0: you think? Oh, absolutely. As, as we know it today, Judaism really is, again, as like I said before, 85-90% Ashkenazim. They have no historical ties to to the Middle East. None. Zero. You can't return... Back to a place you've never been historically. So the, the the movement of Zionism is really a code word for world control and domination, using the Middle East as a power base.
1: Yeah, I always wonder why the Middle East was so uh, important to, and also why the uh, uh, why the conflict there seems to have been. Uh, well, I, I like to see it as it's been exported to the to the rest of the world that. the, uh, this for a while in a way, small conflict has has been a, now become a world problem and, and, and I see it is not until really England gets involved in there after World War one and starts carving up the map and, and dividing it up and, and and granting if you will uh, you know the state of israel uh, you know letting that into existence pretty much what what do you know about that in that specific um time with it, when this happens back in forty eight I believe it is
0: well absolutely yeah the you go back to the Balfour Declaration, you look at really the 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 absolute uh, machinations, the, the policies put out, and you find that it's really, again, a, a monetary controls exerted by the House of Rothschild, the big international banking combine of Rothschild, who sits in the top of the City of London. I mean, this is the power base, the City of London. Also, this controls the Vatican. It's been tied, without doubt, without a doubt, to the Vatican and their Swiss Guard. Right. It also is tied to the other power center, Washington District of Criminals. And these, this is all really a, basically, a, an appendage of what I call the octopus. But the, the, the epicenter really is the, the bloodline They call themselves the Red Shield, the Roth Child. Originally their name was Bauer uh, out of Frankfurt for heaven's sakes but they changed their name to the Red Shield, adopted the the hexagram, the six pointed star as their symbol that was never, never the symbol of ancient Israel, never the symbol of ancient Hebrews it's an occultic, deeply satanic symbol okay, so I mean that's part of, of of understanding the knowledge, the history. Uh, the the House of Rothschild out of England. They they also control the monarchy of France. So even though you see French, uh, the France uh, French government, the nation of France and England, looking at one and on one side as being enemies, mortal enemies. In fact, the the financial banking system that controlled both parties. Ruled by the same group of people. Now, this is really important to understand because you can see a whole, the whole um, um, bare root exposed here, Heinrich. Mm. You look and see the what happened during the French and Indian Wars, so-called uh, here on the American continent. The French and Indian Wars. You see uh, the King of England, uh, George Washington. Was one of the the soldiers of the colonial army under the redcoats, the British. They fought uh, for years on the 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 borders, really defining the borders of of the British colonies versus the French interests. Okay, what happened at the close of the French and Indian War? We'll see that the banking interests of the House of Rothschild had lent money to the French and the English. King George, he was faced with with crippling war debt. And that's what led to the the tax on tea, the the screaming of the colonists in America. Taxation without uh, without representation is tyranny. But see, King George had to raise monies to pay for the war debt. And so what, what better way than to exact a tax on the colonists? that really are benefiting, you know, from the boundaries and the, and the British presence there, see. That's what led to the American Revolution eventually, and, and Hessian German soldiers, mercenaries, primarily being deployed under Lord Cornwallis to, to do the fighting. Now, I, I, one of the really big aha moments in all of my research was really studying the articles of confederation of, of america which really was our the basic laws law of the the land the, the the 13 colonies were under a confederation but they adopted in the constitutional conventions a constitution and displaced the articles of confederation a constitution is a document which basically is the legal agreement for constitutors. A constitutor, Heinrich, is legally defined in Black's Law Dictionary as a person that that substitutes on his head the debts of another. Hmm. It's all about paying for the Revolutionary War debt. Hmm. In fact, Benjamin Franklin, you go back to the Treaty of, of, of Versailles, where the cessation of, of hostilities in the American Revolution, the treaty was signed. The, the colonies agreed in the Constitutor, a, a Treaty of Paris to pay and to make payment back to the king, which is really the agent, in this case, of the House of Rothschild, to pay for the war debt of the American Revolution. Mm-hmm. I mean, wow, are, are we really free when we have to pay for the war debt of a, of a battle, you see, mm. and um, so it, it it really is that war. War is is ultimately uh, somebody at the top is is being enriched by war and the debt of people.
1: And for so that? the question is as well. On top of that, true is um, who is behind the conflict to begin with? Because if a king of any nation. Uh, doesn't have any war to fight, then the probability that he's going to end up in debt to pay for that war is, is minimal. So the question is, who is there instigating the conflict to begin with, the fight with the war, so that the king has to go to the, the banker and lend the money to be able to pay for it?
0: You know, It's a good, very good point. It's the agents of these banksters that, are, that cause it. They, they, they sow seeds of strife and sow, sow the seeds of, of conflict, ultimately. And that's happening today in the Middle East, uh, no matter where you see conflict, there's always some agent provocateurs out there sowing the seeds. Okay? Yeah. Uh, and that's just the modus operandi of, of these, these people. That, there's a euphemism, it's very accurate, war is hell. Indeed it is. But the profits of war are, is, the, is the greed of these international banksters. That's the bottom line.
1: And yet, at the same time, then this is how they, uh, as I've heard it, and as you go through the Red Symphony document as well, they, this is how they uh, have understood that they need to propel society forward again in their vision of where they want to uh, to go with it, if you will. But it's only through revolutionary movements and 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 also then on top of that, war, uh, we can enforce uh, great change. Otherwise, things would stand still. People would question every decision that was made along the way. Wait a minute, slow down, take it easy. There's nothing on that in wartime. There's no thinking. It's just
0: defeat your enemy or you'll die. You know what I mean? So it's very clever, very very clever. Oh, indeed. And 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 the the documentation I uncovered of the American uh, Civil War. I mean, you got the South being agitated and financed by agents of the French government. You see again uh, the 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 manipulation of these banksters of international commerce. That really, it, were, it really, really, uh, slavery was an appendage of the real problems being agitated to cause the civil war, and 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 Tsar Nicholas of Russia, for heaven's sakes, his his secret police had uncovered documentation in the in these royal courts of bankers, which he delivered uh, to Secretary of State Seward under Abraham Lincoln. And Lincoln became appraised so of really who was manipulating and breaking apart this country. I mean, this is this is what should be documented in a movie in a movie like Lincoln, the movie, mm.
1: right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> but Spielberg, the the Ashkenazim is not going to talk about that. Now, now, there were there were there were emissaries sent under Seward and Lincoln to uh, the Southern uh, President Jefferson. Davis, and and explaining all this and and saying, let's patch up, or let's not keep tearing this nation apart. 750,000 white Christian brothers were slaughtered in that civil war. Who benefits from that? Yeah.
1: What, if, what do you? How do you tie in? Uh, we, we talked about it earlier a little bit, the the British as well. But I've heard about the movements, like the British uh, Israelites, uh, that there is a uh, a covenant, if you will, between the different people. That the British have uh, uh, agreed, if you will, to help the the Israelites in in different reasons. And again, this is something that was emph- emphasized by the fact that it was through uh, uh, you know Lord Balfour and he ultimately, as an agent of one of the Rothschilds, Lord Rothschild, that basically. Uh, said yes to to the state of Israel that that's going to be you know uh, in effect. So do, do you know anything more about the deeper relationship between uh,
0: the Brits and the Israelites? Well, again, it's a big uh, uh, it's a big payoff. Again, it's for money. It's all based on the power of gold, ultimately, right? Uh, <clears throat> the the real power of of England is the city of London financial. District, which is run by these Ashkenazim, this this tribe of, of money changers, basically. That's the bottom line. And if you if you strip away the the big lie that this bloodline is not true Israel, that changes things dramatically, doesn't it? Is it because there's no there's no reason for them to be established in Israel. Period. Mm-hmm.
1: So it's uh, it's built on a lie, do you think? And uh, and also on top of that, do you think that uh, even if it was, let's say that it was God's, uh, you know, commandment or whatever, even if we look at the Bible or wherever we want to look for for, for the evidence for that, but would that then justify still their their behavior, if you will, of, of what
0: has happened consequently? Oh no, you know, it's just again, it, it goes into really what their agenda is long term and if if it's one of world control domination to cut back the useless eaters to cut back the goy to 500 million deserving souls to save the planet which is their agenda then it all, kinds, it all starts to make sense it's not so much a deep dark hidden conspiracy Heinrich It's it's very much an agenda that's right there in front of your face
1: yeah, okay.
0: yeah,
1: but very few have the uh, have the eyes to
0: see it though, and the ears to hear it. Why is that? Do you think? Well, it's been hypnotized. One thing there, the invention of the television, the what I call the boob tube, the idiot box. They don't call it TV programming for nothing, okay? And look at the history of of television, the waves waves in which it it operates. The flickering screen, it absolutely does put your mind, your brain, into a, an altered state of consciousness. There's no doubt whatsoever about that. Okay? <laughs> you take a video camera and take a picture of a, of a television screen and play it back. You can see on the video, you see the flashing screen. It uh, affects your frontal lobes of your brain. It alters your, your conscious level. And people are just, flat out, modern day, under a mass hypnosis. I've got to tell you, that's just, that's just my own research on that topic, and it's, there's a, without a doubt, uh, you can prove that by just uh, watching an EKG machine, uh, an EEG, I should say. Mm-hmm. Uh, people's brain waves are flat out altered after five minutes of television viewing.
1: Yeah, well, it's 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 right. That's that's why I've
0: thrown out the TV, or I only watch
1: uh, the selected things that I can through uh, the internet and whatnot these days. So, uh, but still, on top of that, though, there's so many other things as well. Um, true, that that has to do with why people are, uh, you know, denying, if you will, what's in front of their eyes. It, it has to do with everything from what they put into their bodies with with food and uh, uh, substances, and and uh, it, it seems to be. A, a a willing escape if you know what i mean uh it seems to be that they uh, many people don't want to face the truth because it's just too 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 vast it's too horrible i think they know on maybe some even subconscious level that they they ch- make the choice to uh, actively stay away from it uh in instead
0: you know well they do and it's a lo- and it brings up a good point it's it's fear based people are afraid of of losing something maybe losing their job, their standard of living, losing something, so they are operating out of fear. Uh, and I, I, I understand that, um, but I, I respond with, you know, fear to me is, is an anachronism, F-E-A-R, false expectations appearing real. real. Fear, and that's really what you really start to. Realize, what, I, what was I. What was I ever afraid of? It wasn't so bad. Yeah. There's no. There should be no fear in uncovering truth and standing for truth. You see, fear is on a spiritual level is a very real weapon of the demonic unseen horde. They utilize fear very much so. It's you know if you're truly spiritually in touch with creation, if you're spiritually connected to Jesus Christ, like I say, there is no room for fear because you, you really do have him as your, as your guide. I mean, that's, I don't know if you want to go there or not, but, but really, I, I think it's an important part of this equation. People have lost spirituality. And I'm not talking about religion now. Spirituality is, is empowering to the human soul, and religion is more often than not divisive, divides that away, okay? <clears throat> so we, we lose our spiritual connection to source, and we're fear-based, and we're driven to all manner of deceptions and hoaxes becoming real, all right? Yeah. so. That's kind of the basic philosophy of, of life is, is coming from true art. <laughs> you can take it as you live. But that's my life experience. Well, I,
1: I definitely think you're right in terms of a, uh, uh, that there is a lack of a greater uh, connection, if you will, to, to creation, that there is a purpose behind things, that there is, uh, uh, well, something more than what we just see in front of our eyes. That That's where I definitely agree with this. And, and, and also, What's interesting with that is that we've 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 seen different movements throughout history uh, that have been destined to kind of sever that connection, if you will, that I, I think it's kind of a natural connection that most people have. It, it is, uh, you know, with scientism and it, it's all just an accident. Nothing means anything. And, and, and if you will, then, quote, unquote, a, a godless uh, society has been, I mean, and, and one of these agents of that has been uh, the Frankfurt School uh, has been really prominent
0: in that. Why don't we talk a little bit about that, Drew? Absolutely. Yeah, there's a, there's a movement. Again, it's, it's gaining traction. It started with Darwinism, uh, the, the big lie that is evolution. Really, cause there's, uh, we can talk about that for hours. But, but yes, and, and part and parcel to that at the Frankfurt School, so-called, is, is this outgrowth of what's today called transhumanism, the transhumanism movement, which basically, in a nutshell, is declaring the technology... Answers all questions of spirituality, you know. I, and I've I've been a, a vocal uh, uh, proponent of, of exposing the, 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 the dangers of transhumanism, the the concept that well we can we can make machines that can answer and solve all of our problems, uh, including the, the the problem of of human uh, degeneration, of aging of disease and death see that's where we're heading as a world society governed by these these godless uh, atheists that have lost, really have no spirituality literally they they want the world to be controlled by a master machine a beast and it's heading there rapidly heinrich it truly is it's not interesting how uh, if if it wasn't true
1: with a with, with a beast as you say um it, it, this is a representative of something of course but but what i 've noticed is that it seems to be that uh, mankind collectively is kind of building uh, they're they're building their their prophecies you know what i mean they're building the things that are uh, both that they fear but i mean again, just just take a look at any movie um that that shows uh machines or artificial intelligences, uh, tra- you know, Terminator technology, everything, it's taking over and it's about the destruction of mankind and it's almost like collectively we're, we're slowly, step by step, kind of fulfilling that prophecy, although the promises of transhumanism is that it will be a, a, a utopia once we w- once we get there, it will be, uh, you know, everyone will live forever and it will be uh, equality and fairness for all and I think that's one of the, one of the biggest lies that they're selling, the, that movement.
0: Well, it goes back to, to the ancient times of the Old Testament. It, it's nothing new under the sun. I mean, it was, it, was, it was a problem during the days of Babylon. It's a problem during the days of Isaiah the prophet. He said in, in the book of Isaiah, he wrote, can the, can the clay on the potter's will be greater than the, the potter himself? Can the clay rise up to usurp the, the person that made it? And see so that's, the, that's the very definition of transhumanism. You know, if, if humans are just evolved from uh, the, the great apes, if we're really, you know, just uh, a growth, an outgrowth, you see, of, of evolutionary technology, then that's a natural logical conclusion. But no, some, somewhere, there, there, there's without a doubt intelligent design in our, in our DNA structure, our firmament of our cells. <clears throat> but you know, as a, as a uh, Ph.D. in nutrition, studying biology and, and photons of light and photon biology, there was absolutely no way this is this is by accident that, that that the incredible complexity of our individual cells on a microscopic level just happened by evolution not a pond scum absolutely no way you know it's ridiculous you couldn't say that this computer sitting on on your desk or your laptop could ever have just evolved by itself but no it took it took uh, engineering. It took design, it took construction. And yet the cell of the cell of the mitochondria structure, the DNA, the incredible complex, or complex, of the, the laptop computer, you see? <clears throat> and it's, it's just <laughs> there, there's a watermark, uh, an absolute numerical um, quatrain number, watermark, of the individual cell that's identical to the the numerical text, the complexity yet simplicity of the code in the Bible, both Old and New Testament, Heinrich, it's the same watermark. It's the same mark of the Creator. It's flat out phenomenal.
1: If if we look at um, transhumanism as a as a to- topic and if we zoom forward as as you see it, you can you can go forward as long as you like and, and uh what do you think that mankind will be turned to into if this thing is is uh, you know continue to to run without uh, any kind of resistance, if you will, where's where's this going?
0: Well, if you haven't yet uh, had a chance to study the subject, I su- su- suggest you do so. Transhumanism is going to be the the ultimate divisive um, topic in the next fifteen years. It should be right now. It really should be. The probably the, the the biggest voice of transhumanism is the voice of Raymond Kurzweil. Uh, again, another Edomite, um, Ashkenazim, at, absolutely atheistic. When you know his, uh, there was a movie put out. You can, you could watch it at one time on the internet for free. It's called The Transcendent Man, and it, it documents the movement uh, really headed by Kurzweil and other he 's brilliant scientist I mean you've got to give him credit i mean he he 's brought the world some amazing technology, and to that i i give him I give him credit, but got to, you got you can 't have it be so dominating that it controls all aspects of society he 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 declares in the movie transcended Man Raymond Kurzweil declares that he sees within the next two to three decades having all segments of society, all of it controlled by a master computer system, a computer structure that like you, like you said, uh, Heinrich, there'd be no more deaths. There's no destruction. There will be even the ability to resurrect people by means of, they just have to take their gen, their genetics, get, get a, a DNA sample and they can, in the lab, resurrect an individual. Now, the question becomes, in this incredible new world, Mr. Kurzweil, who decides who lives eternally and who is relegated and wiped off the pages of history? You see, who decides? Well, the chosen ones do, the select scientific crowd. It goes back to, again, the... the, the the genetic uh, insanity of Adolf Hitler and the Nazis, Genes- the, the genetic superiority complex. You see, it becomes who is the useless eaters? Which part of the Goyim, you have this 98% that's not Jewish of the world's population, who has to be eliminated, you see? That's the question that these transhumanists very expertly avoid. They always say, well, you're a racist. You're, you're, they, they bring the race card in, the anti-Semitic race card, when you, when you broach this.
1: Yeah, let, let, me, let me ask you a little bit about that and, and how detailed you see then uh, from your perspective, true, that, that this plan, if you will, is because we've had uh, persecution of the, of the Jews, right, in, in uh, all these European countries with kind of culmination, if you will, during the, the Second World War and the, uh, the Nazis and the exterminations. And, and, of course, you can talk about any of these points as you will. Uh, but how do you do then explain, let's say, to someone who doesn't, uh, you know, see this, uh, what you're talking about, that it's been turned into something that now is, w- where where, uh, where f- this is turned on its head. That's what I'm trying to say. It's it's 180 degrees right now. Uh, first it was like that they're being exterminated, and, and now it's the opposite. You say so. How explain that to somebody who doesn't get that? If you, if you can. well,
0: <clears throat> that's an interesting thing. I've been come to realize that they they use that card, play that card in the deck for their benefit and, and they're really projecting what they themselves have done and let me, let me explain why first of all, we talked in the first, first hour, first segment about the wars, the wars of extermination, you look behind the curtains of the manipulators of these wars and you see this tribe of people that do the manipulations okay, what about Adolf Hitler and the, these concentration camps well I, I just got to tell you again, uh, growing up Mormon, growing up LDS, the, the LDS Mormon people have a strong affinity with Jews because of the. Co- they both have a, a persecution complex. They've both been hated. They've been mob, mobbed, mobbed around of, of community after community after community. You know, from from Ohio, Kirtland to. Nauvoo, Illinois, to Salt Lake, the home of their Zion, right? So they have an absolute affinity with the the Jewish persecution complex. But let me tell you, the Mormons got what they deserved. I got to tell you, as as an ex-Mormon, objectively, honestly, they brought the problems on themselves. I mean, in a major way, in a major way. First of all, you know, we, we can... I don't know how far you want to go down this this road, but I, you know, working as a as a a, a, a devout Mormon during my early twenties, I I was very involved in the Mormon temple work. Uh Mormon temples are there; they they want to basically do uh, temple work for everybody that's lived on the earth and died. They want to save people that are dead, save the dead. I mean, that's really what Mormon temples do, right? Mm-hmm. And so to do that, you have to get lists of, of quantified, validated names of people that, are, that really lived, right? This is what the Mormons call the extraction of names. They call it extraction process. So they're constantly have, employing people to go into places in Europe, places across the planet, really, to, to, to do uh, anthropological, historical Extraction of names. Now, wow! You have an affinity to the Jewish people. What's what's a great treasure trove of names? Well, six million in the Holocaust, right? You think? Now, again, I'm talking now as a when I was doing this work, I was an extremely sympathetic, uh, believing, you know, in the hopes Mormon. <laughs> believe it, that the the jews were were massacred were they were this and that so i was i'm telling you I was on the outskirts and fringes of this research it wasn't my project, but I was a helper you know with it and here's the problem contacting the international red cross the you know going in and and researching the the uh, German records and, and other records of Eastern Europe to try and, and extrapolate the names. I'm sorry to tell you, the best they could come up with about 140,000 names, far cry from six million. Now, wow, uh, got to keep a lid on that information, don't you? And so you have the the World Congress of of organized Judaism screaming bloody murder that you can't have mormons baptizing jews in the temples and so the the mormon hierarchy and the and to placate the jews you know said we'll not we'll never allow any more temple work to be done for the jews but wait a minute they're not saying that there's no six million names now to say that in parts of europe you're going to be sent directly to jail because you're denying the holocaust but it's just a fact Show me the names. <laughs> show, show me the, the birth certificates. You know, so that leads us to another factor. What about these gas chambers? What about these, these horrible, you know, the Auschwitz, the, all these terrible liquidation centers? And, and I don't need to talk about this, but, but, but honest Jews themselves have come forward with documented uh, research and videos that it just didn't happen. Just flat out didn't happen. Now that's shocking because um, people, again in America, because of the concentrated and and total continual propaganda. <clears throat> do you have anybody hear those words? Is automatically, well, this guy's some kind of a, a neo-Nazi, collaborator, you know? But but I'm just telling you, I'm just I'm just saying what I've experienced myself.
1: Sure. Well, well we're, we're we're listening to, as you see it from your perspective, that's what we like to do here. We we invite different people to, um, to talk about their work, their research, what they found out, and and, and I understand as well at the same time this will be default problematic for many people. It's uh, uh, many people who are Jewish, obviously, will be upset and uh, angry at you for this. You know, that's just well, you know,
0: Heinrich. Let, let's put it in perspective. Man, 140,000 people liquidated or killed. That's tragic. I don't care how you slice it. It's wrong, okay? The whole thing, the whole tragedy of World War II is flat-out wrong, okay? But, see, nobody, nobody in the media, which is controlled by this group of people, see, nobody's talking about the firebombing of Dresden where 500,000 Christi- white Christians were incinerated. We're not, this is a hospital city, a city of refuge, a city of peace. There was no armaments. This was a bombing that didn't need to happen, but was orchestrated and, and terrible tragedy. That, to me, is a real holocaust. Holocaust is death in the fiery flames. Well, tell that to you know. see the pictures of Dresden, Germany. How about the, the 45 million white Christians massacred by the Bolshevik uh, policies of, of the Soviet Union and, mm. and Russia? Yeah. Nobody's talking about forty-five million. What about the Armenian people? Yeah. The the Christians of Armenia—they were systematically slaughtered by the millions. See,
1: I, a, I, what you're saying here is that there is a very uh, an unbalanced uh, historical um, uh, review going on. That's what you're saying, and absolutely. also the other side that there is not much uh, mentioning of the of the others. You're talking about how how the Holocaust has been has been used uh, if you will, for historical uh purposes or, or, or for how to uh you use it in such a way so that you can uh uh steer history in a certain direction. Is that what you're saying?
0: Absolutely. And you go back into uh looking at the history of the, the movement, uh the, the, the Jews of, of Eastern Europe, these Ashkenazim, they were put into what's called the Pale of Settlement. Those who are living outside the Pale uh <clears throat> were yeah, they were active. They wanted to to promote the uh, the Zionism in their prayer books. They wanted to promote a Zionism movement. Now, largely the 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 resident Ashkenazim Jews of Poland, Hungary, uh, modern-day Czechoslovakia. In 1819, there was a mass Jewish conference held in Germany, in Hamburg, Germany, and I've re- reviewed this uh, this mass conference. It, it stretched over days okay the whole debate topic basically was that of zionism now they they took a vote they were democratic in their process the the rabbis and representatives representatives of of modern day judaism they voted in and the zionism uh concept was was dramatically voted down a they voted to, to, to take it out of their prayer books. They would no longer have returning to Israel as their goal because they all knew they weren't from that region. They knew that their roots go back right there in that tale of settlement region. And they just wanted to live in peace. They have no no, no hegemony hege- 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 uh, hege- uh, concepts. They wanted just to live their lives in peace it was voted down now you get at uh, the exodus at that point in time of the strongly rabid extremist zionists within the within this tribe of judah as they call themselves they they went to uh places west they settled up in in uh in england the united kingdom many the majority of them left for america and they became settled in New York City primarily. This is a, the basic core, and these were these were wealthy, quite wealthy Jews that controlled a lot of money, a lot of bank accounts. Okay, now you look at the the, the bloodlines the, the what I was what I found was interesting the the names of the hundred or so thousand that were extracted. You look at them closely and. They are the leadership, the the relatives of the leaders of the most rabid anti-Zionists in Europe. Isn't that just interesting? Hmm. Now, Isn't that just interesting. Now, in a, in a little while here,
1: true, uh, we're going to take a little break and continue to talk more. The, let's let's talk about two more points, and then we can take a little break. I want to hear what your website is and stuff like that as well. But in your view, is there is is it a mistake to to generalize uh, that, you know, all who are Jewish are, or if you will, quote unquote, in on this, sometimes use the term Jewish, then Askenazim and Zionist, and is there a is there distinction there should be made here, do you think?
0: Oh, absolutely, and, and there's a, I, I'm glad you brought that out, because I, I say this in my radio show all the time, I'd, that's why I don't like to use the term Jew, because there are, I, I would say the vast majority of, of Jewish people are good people, are, are great people, good Americans, uh, good uh, uh, Swiss people, whatever. It's not the, the name itself that should distinguish them. It really isn't. Uh, it's sadly these segments, the segments, the Zionist segment, its political movement, the communist segment that we need to focus on, not, not uh, casting um, aspersions on, on all people of that, that race. Because they're not all, I don't think they're all involved. It's like, it's like not all Mormons are involved in what's going on in Mormonism. Yeah, I, I've heard from some researchers
1: also that says that the, uh, uh, the Jewish people have been used by families like the Rothschilds, uh, the used Jewish people, like a shield almost, if you will, to protect themselves behind and to advance their agenda with the, uh, with the aid of, of the Jewish people. What do you think about that?
0: I think it's a very accurate statement, indeed. They, they use people no matter what it is. No matter who they are, they use people uh, because, again, they're, they are godless. They're atheistic uh, uh, transhumans. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't we take a little break at this point, too, and we'll, we'll uh, continue to talk more
1: in the, in the next segment. But I do want to hear uh, what your website is, where people can go to find uh, more of your material. You mentioned you have a radio show. If people want to tune in and listen more, where do
0: they go to, to do this? Well, I broadcast on the MicroEffect Radio Network. That's the MicroEffect. Effect, uh, and it's uh, it's got good, good a good little network. They have micro broadcasters across the world that pick it up on Ku band radio. Also, my blog is just uh, triplew.a true at ot, ott com.
1: All right. Well, we'll have the links up on our website, and you can check it out there. Uh, if you want to read and find out more, but we'll take a short break here. Uh, to stay with us, we'll continue with.
2: All right. For any of you that were able to stomach through that, uh, there were some lot of uh, some very valid points that were brought up. Um, obviously, either he does not understand the Jesuit connection and Rome's connection, or is not talking about it. Yeah. I have emailed. A. True hot. I'd like uh, to have him on the show and talk to him about the Jesuit connection with the Mormonism, since uh, the Mormon Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and because obviously, at least where I see it, uh, the, the Jesuits are involved. i like to talk to him a little more about the, the Jewish connection with the Jesuits. Um, I hear a guy who grew up a Mormon, so he's, you know, he called Black people, Negroes, and white people, whites. And, and uh, is he a racist? I don't know. If I have a chance to gamble the show, I'll ask him. Is, are, you, are you a KKK member? Are you a, a Nazi? I don't know. Um, seems to me like he's being pretty level-headed coming from the background that he's from. I think there's a very legitimate argument for this Ashkenazi Jews. Now, the fact they are not really the uh, true Jews, if you will, a, a semitic jews um interesting stuff you know um, and then there is a big question mark about the eight uh, six thousand uh, or six million jews that were killed that number was already predestined or determined uh like in the early nineteen uh, century is that what it is yeah so like nineteen o eight or six or something around that area <clears throat> um and I, I, you know, I I don't know. The guy just missed the mark, not realizing that who's controlling them. You know, we here see all this, you know, the Jews, the Jews, the Jews, and they have their their front group, the Jews, and running these. Whether it's the media or the banking, but then there's Rome and there's the uh, Jesuits and the Vatican and how they seem to be manipulating them. I I don't believe the Jews run the world. I don't know if he does or not. I know that's what he was talking about. So, you might ask yourself, why am I doing this? (laughs) And I think it's very, I think it's healthy to have a balanced approach to what's going on. Because the mystery Babylon is greater than even the Jesuits. I'm discovering it's. More than Jews, more than Islam, more than uh the Mormons, they're all together on this. <clears throat> and <clears throat> we know through scripture that the, the dragon gives its power when it comes out of Rome. And we look at Judo Christianity and it's not a true form of at least it's not what you find in the Bible. And uh but Judo Christianity Can be not only the Jesuits, not only Rome, not only the Vatican, not only Roman Catholicism, but awesome. Uh, These Ashkenazi Jews, Mormons, most of the apostate Christian churches out there. So I think it was worthy of hearing. I think uh, it's a way, an opportunity once again to use some discernment. Uh, to hear somebody from his side and to um fill in the, the dots and the things that uh, you know the things that he's missing as far as the big picture goes Once uh, it's again kind of why this is so important to me at least it's because to to see the big picture and then how uh, not only banking but religion itself false religion um uh false science false. Uh, medicine, false everything. It seems to be all... This is what Satan's using. He's using all these different uh, tools and his power at at his disposal to deceive the elect. And um, I don't know how important it is to convince him about the Jesuits or not. I don't know how you... If you're seriously studying, how you cannot see the connection. But then again, a lot of people don't. They they, they stay stuck where they're at. Maybe I'm stuck. I don't know. Maybe I'm, I'm too stuck on the Jesuits, too stuck in Rome, and I should be willing to spend a little more time focusing on uh, this Talmudic Jew element because it is there. I mean, we. When I look at the Supreme Court one again, once again. I see three Supreme Court justices, and six of them are Roman Catholic Jesuits, and um, three are Jews, most likely Ashkenazi Jews. In fact, it's pretty safe bet. So they seem to be really the the, the driving force behind a lot of this, as far as politics goes. And then, of course, you've got corporate America, the fascist corporate America. But you know. Are they just tools themselves for this? I personally think religion has a big thing to do with this, the way the world is. And I think that they're to create a one-world religion, a Luciferian religion, and people like myself would just be eliminated. <laughs> and, uh, oh well. You know, if God's gonna allow them to have this one world religion and this transhumanism and everything else that goes along with it, do I really wanna be around and witness it? Not really. <laughs> I'd rather just go rest and, and go see my my Savior, hopefully I can hopefully he has more of a place for me. I I believe so. I have faith in him. So he said if the you know, then we come to the Father through Jesus Christ, so. his son. So Yes. That's where my hope lies, to lie in, in humanity. And uh, I have personally, the irony in all this is, is that my own life, I've had experience with Roman Catholicism and Judaism. I come from a community where it's predominantly that. Um, yeah. I know what it's like to be discriminated against myself by these two groups. So, what do you do? except bring up the truth, and uh, let the chips fall, where they may. Um, I hope people who hear this understand the course of action I'm taking here. And uh, I know a lot of people say, well, I just want to hear about the Jesuits, or I just want to hear about the Jews, or I just want to hear about this or that. Well, the picture is very big, and the discussion is very uh, broad, and... um, it's just one more example of if you're a true follower of Christ, uh not getting involved in politics, not getting involved in all these sides, not getting involved in the Hegelian dialect, and just focusing on the truth. The Lord is there, Jesus Christ. So maybe that's what I should do some more this week. So reading the Word of God. And do some studies and research on that, so but I was interested in I, I'm still interested in meeting this or talking to this gentleman. He seems very intelligent. Or at least he's like did some research and he recognizes a big chunk of the picture. I don't think he I think it's hard for people to really get to that next level and say, you know what, what? Rome Rome Catholics. What? I think something happened with the um the upheaval for the Reformation and prior to that also with the what well, was going on to the Jews in Europe, Western Europe, and how many of them joined the Roman Catholic Church, not because they really wanted to, but because they were forced to. And so they figured out a way what to do as far as to infiltrate the church for the, hi- the hierarchy, because obviously they figured out, as many people I'm sure did have over the years, that the problem has always been, when the Catholic Church is at the hierarchy, the level of the papacy, and um, that if they could infiltrate that and do their bidding and, and take over, which clearly that's what they've done, that they would uh, have a chance to change the direction of history in the more favor of their group of people. <clears throat> and uh, I just... Part of the problem is that you and I just don't think like these people. But we need to understand how they think, somehow. So obviously money, they understand usury is a very powerful tool to cripple and, and, and crush people, individuals, and nations. That has happened to me and everyone else I know. I did nothing wrong. Did nothing. They'll try to tell me I did something wrong. They'll try to tell you that you did something wrong, and they'll use their usury system and their politics and their uh, governments and their military and all the other corrupt folks and their priestcraft craft and their sorcery to do what they're going to do to us, what they always have done. I'm not here to offer fear. I'm just saying this is a reality, and um, putting our heads in the sand isn't going to solve it. The, the only thing that's ever going to make any kind of difference, this is getting right with God, the true living God, our Lord, Savior Jesus Christ. That doesn't mean that the course of history is necessarily going to change, but at least there's, we have eternal life with Him. And uh, and then, as far as making changes go, you how do you make changes by going into the system? I've heard one group after another say that's the way to do it, and I see one group after another now for forty, you know, well, since so I've been paying attention for at least thirty years, that it doesn't work. And what happens? is Those groups just get usurped to get a little bit of something, uh, maybe a little couple pennies to the dollar of their efforts. Maybe give a nice, uh, make it look like this something's been accomplished and done, but in reality, nothing's been done. You can talk about GMOs. You can talk about the uh, geoengineering that's going on here. You could talk about civil rights. You can talk about. Uh, democracy, uh, you can talk about all these things. The only thing that people's ever got anything out of any of this is for the perverse and the, uh, to be able to be more perverse. This is what they offer before it all goes to hex because, so, you know what, they're going to end up blaming the gays and blaming the transsexuals and blaming all these people for the reason why things are so bad. And see, look, you know, it's God's judgment on us because look how people got so corrupted when you look at history, what they have always done before they topple any kind of um, a country, empire, a republic, or whatever, and by corrupting it first from the inside, not only through finances, but also, you know, morally, uh, putting, you know, look at what's going on uh, in the media, and, the, you know, Bruce Jenner and et cetera, and the whole thing about transgender. And just confusing people, left and right, confusing kids, confusing children. I am so scared for my son, and I don't know what to do, because between television, the Internet, the schools, everything, the messages are getting so whacked and so off-base that it's going to be nothing but uh, cripple his mind and cripple his perception. I know this because it happened to me, and it's happened to everybody else I've ever came in contact with. One way or the other. So, for a quite a quite a predicament. Also, he mentioned a few things that suggest that he has had some kind of experience with AA, which I'd be not too surprised because anybody, usually, put people walk away from cults like Mormonism or Roman Catholic Catholicism, uh, the drug things or alcohol because a problem. So. Anyways, it'd be interesting um, to ask them. Who's a friend of Bill? If you ever hear that phrase, are you a friend of Bill? That's kind of like the Freemasons use with their, you know, are you, what's it, are you, are you a traveler of the East type of thing? Well, are you a friend of Bill? That means are you, you're a member of A. That's not a knock or anything that. And this whole anonymous thing about A, it's all about training, conditioning people a low-level secret society, if you will. uh, uh, We talk about AA and this whole, what it does really with the 12 steps, Um, the uh, anonymous part, the whole um, secretiveness of it, the whole, by protecting one's anonymity, which is a bunch of B at this point because everybody and their mother has some kind of addiction in this country, so it's ridiculous. But you know what? Those that are good at it, good at persuasion, good at, art, at the art uh, of persuasion, of uh, being secret, of uh, being quiet, eventually end up, a lot of them end up being Freemasons. <laughs> Freemasonry is <isn't> really. <laughs> Plus, you know, the spiritual formation and you know, spiritual exercises they are basically the, the 12 steps are based on. So, ended a tough life. This world's really bad. When I say the world, I'm talking about humanity I'm not talking about nature itself. I mean, you know, the weather and everything and the, the climate and all that, it's very tough. But I think part of it is also the of judgment of God upon mankind. Um, and I just think that we're wicked. We're bad. We are bad. Without the Spirit of God in us and the Spirit of Christ in us, we cannot do right. We like to fool ourselves from doing that. We like to think we're doing something good. We like to do our little community service thing. But in truth, we're not doing it for what's right. We're just doing it for our own egos and for our own self-gratification. And Look at us. Many people do it just so they can get their diploma or if there are some kind of recognition so that they can climb up the ladder. And you look at Freemasonry or uh, Roman Catholicism, the Jesuits, the Jews, the Mormons, all these people. (laughs) They're not too serious. Now, there are people in it that are serious. There's really some good people. Christ, you know, I believe they're God's children that are really trying to do the right thing, but they're being exploited. And for every one person that's really legitimately trying to do the right thing, there's a hundred people that aren't. They're just pretending. So, you know, the fact of the matter is, Even humanity debates, corrupt, repubates, without God. What happens? No problem stealing, no problem exercising usury, no problem becoming a transsexual, no problem or transvestite, no problem becoming a homosexual, no problem pedophilia, no problem having sex with an animal. It really does get that bad, folks. They'll try to tell you it doesn't, but there are societies in this world where it gets to that point where there's men and it's culturally accessible they're having sex with the donkeys. You know what I mean? And, <laughs> just for, we are a madhouse without God. Now, see, we've learned how to package yourself in a way with our NLP smiles, smiling like Chester cats, and our pretty grins, and being pretty and beautiful and seductive to each other, and uh, with our Freemasonic suits, with our inverted... Um, obelisk hanging from her neck pointing to our genitals or the women and they're of course they're really tight you know pants so this is getting worse 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 just becoming absolutely like the thing to do right now it doesn't matter for instance not, whoever you are what background you are everyone's wearing these really tight kind of whatever they're called i don't know i don't pay attention but i do notice when i go out that it, i mean whether they're 50 years old or they're 15 they're all wearing these tight pants and i'm like you know, I guess maybe because my age, too, maybe if I was a teenage boy, it would be, wow, this is really great. But for me, I uh, look at it, and I look at the most ridiculous. They look ridiculous. The women do. I mean, that's a sh- it's a tragedy and it's a shame that they're doing this to themselves, and they don't even recognize what's happening to them. So As we become more and more debased, more and more perverse, more and more away from God, more and more away from the, way, the Word of God, I'm not talking about church. I'm talking about God, and I'm talking about His Word. Um it's just easier and easier for the perverts, the debased to become our pastors and leaders, our politicians, our congressmen, our, our, our bankers, our uh leaders in all aspects of society, and because they become quote unquote more tolerant of sin, more tolerant of wickedness. Oh, it's okay, you know, you know, everyone has a right. Yeah. You certainly do have a right, and by the way, the problem with all this is, if you discover the hatred that actually homosexuals and gays and uh, all these perverts have towards people who are Christian, it's true. I experienced myself, and you, know, you even say that you're a Christian, and you know, they go, they just the demon that's in them just comes out. You know what I mean? It's all BS. This is not about tolerance. This is about the tolerance. If you're talking about, is sin. We want they want to build to be themselves, following their prince of this world, Lucifer, Satan, and they don't want the people who are God-fearing children of God to have any access, right or ability to talk, speak, have any kind of position in life. And they're doing a great job of it. Will it get to the point? real soon, where they'll be persecuting Christians with guillotine and concentration camps, only time will tell. By the way, it won't just be Christians, though. It will be many clear-thinking individuals who don't know God, who recognize what's going on. There are many uh, atheists and etc. that are looking at this, for seeing what's happening, who have we'll recognized it's really screwed up, and they don't like it. I mean, really, do you want to have somebody who doesn't have uh, the spirit of god of christ in them with their own spirit a spirit of perversion of deprivation of uh, just rep- repubates that are just going to find it, a right to lie steal to to uh, enslave to climb up the corporate ladder to do all the things that they do and as long as they, as long as they don't get caught once they get caught oh it's terrible so I and mean, they put us all in a lot of terrible situations. Look at my own self. And if I become ill, then how I can't afford to pay my bills. I can't afford it. Apparently, it's existing right now. I think, yeah, I think God's put me in this position to do this little show and do it continuously. And I know you think, well, gosh, this guy must be mentally ill or something. He must have some problem. Uh, yeah, I do have some problem. I'm sick, and God's in my heart, and he was like, calling me saying, you know what, what's really important, Mike? Uh, well, it's raising your son and, and serving me, Mike. And, and that's what's important. How am I going to serve God by doing this little show? <laughs> and if it touches somebody in Timbuktu and another person in China and somebody else here or there, and they recognize the truth and they come to the Lord, and they also recognize how fallen the world is, how wicked it is, the answer to it all, then I guess I've done my job. because There's really no other answer to any of this. And a lot of people are not going to like that answer, but do you know what? I didn't like it either for the first 45 years, well, at least when I've become really aware of it, so I would say, until I was 45 at least, that I didn't like the answer either. I didn't like it. I, didn't, I didn't, did everything in my power, kicking and screaming. Not to accept it, but thank goodness God didn't give up on me and has given up on a sinner like me. You know, he came for the ill and the sick. He came for the, the sinners, you know, not the self-righteous, not the ones who present themselves in such a wonderful way. And look how, look how great I am, people. And uh, so, you know what? You're going to find really interesting that there are a lot of God's children do swear or do uh, have their flaws and do screw up. But you know what? It's not about you looking at me as the manifestation of God in my life. It's you looking at God. You going to God. You falling on your face. You putting your faith in Him. Not in Mike Adams and not in anybody else who's been on the show or anybody else that you know. Not even in yourself. And that's the brutal reality. Anyways... Even a guy like this, all true ought, with his many flaws and probably with his skewed perspective on a few things, still has some value things, valuable things to share. Uh, is he a neo-Nazi? I don't know. Certainly, would love to have the opportunity to ask him that. Would he be honest enough and on record to say one way or the other? Uh, I don't think so. I just think he's a product of the environment that he came from, and you people don't understand how absolutely racist and bigoted and whacked out Mormon, the Mormon churches in Utah and those territories that are Mormon. They have a good smile, and they tell you it's all about family, but you know, it's really not. It's all about the Mormon church. But it's hard for them even to even be honest with that. So So, one more perspective and one more example of what's going on in the world of uh, somebody else being dr- you know, dragged out of the mystery Babylon, and uh, how far God will take him, I don't know. I find it's really important, though, we listen to someone like All uh, Altru Ott. Uh He's not perfect, and nobody has ever been on my show has been perfect. I certainly not. If you look up to me, you have a serious problem. <laughs> uh, but So, anyways, uh, let's do it. Download it, share it with other people. At least the information is pertinent realize that one more layer of deception in life is coming out of Rome. And, uh, the mystery of Babylon, the Roman Empire. And by the way, Jews are part of that Roman Empire. Just like the Mormons, the Jesuits, Roman Catholics, and even Islam. And many other religions. So we have to be um, serious about that can't just isolate ourselves and say, no, no, nope, no, nope, we're not going to hear that. We need to listen Do so we have a clear picture of things. Some people say, I don't want to hear it. No, well, you don't have to. That's what's wonderful about this show. You don't have to. All right. God bless. Take care.
1: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?